Good morning, Sunrise Community Church. It has been so good to be here to worship and, 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 and sing together. And, and I must say, especially good to be here in person. Because after almost a year of enjoying worship from the comfort of my couch at home, I can testify that there is nothing like gathering with, with brothers and sisters, with, with people who believe what you believe, and to, and to come and praise God and worship together. This morning, I'm going to be speaking about something that is very dear to my heart, something that, that has been part of my life ever since I came to know the Lord over 40 years ago. I'm going to be speaking to you about praise and about worship, about intentionally coming to bring joy to the heart, to the Lord, to actually bless the Lord in the fact that when we do so, we ourselves experience the joy of the Lord, that there's, there's something about these two that go hand in hand, that, that, that are synergistic, that, that, that build about and work together. And so we're going to be talking about these two wonderful, joyful things. Psalm 100, we read, Shout joyfully to the Lord. Serve all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful singing. And in Psalm 103, praise the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Praise his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. And in Psalm 67, may God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine on us that your ways may be known on earth, that your salvation, Lord, among all the nations, may the people praise you, O God. May all the people praise you. May the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you rule the people with equity and guide the nations of the earth. May the people praise you, God. May all the people praise you. The land yields its harvest. God blesses us. May God bless us still so that all the ends of the earth will fear him. What wonderful words of encouragement. While I was praying and working on this message for this morning, a well-known Joni Mitchell song started buzzing around in my head. And I'm sure you know it. It's, it's don't it always seem to go that you don't know what you've got till it's gone. We pay paradise and put up a parking lot. <laughs> now you go, what does that have to do with this morning? Well, who would have guessed that a year ago how much we would all be desperately missing something so simple, something so natural, something so meaningful as a hug from a friend. Life is filled with so many blessings from the Lord that we hardly even recognize them until they're gone. So I'd like to ask, how are you doing? Really doing this morning after this past year? How has the pandemic, the months of isolation, affected your life, your heart? How about your spiritual well-being, your voice of praise? Have you allowed the challenges of the past year to steal your joy? 
You see, there's so many blessings that we take for granted. The freedom to travel, the, the, the wonderful freedom to be able to experience the warmth of a sandy beach in the middle of January. How about something as simple as being able to get together on a Friday night and share a meal with friends and then and play games and laugh? Wasn't that wonderful <laughs> a year ago? How about the ability to, to spend Christmas with your kids and your grandkids. I know I sure missed that this past year. You see, these things are amazing blessings. They are things that bring us joy. The things I believe we have taken for granted. And that's not even to mention the tremendous losses many have experienced. Some have lost jobs. Some have lost homes. Some have maybe lost their businesses. And even worse, some have lost loved ones. And many have lost their peace. Gratefully, we have technology and we've been able to visit together with family and friends on Zoom and FaceTime. And Deb and I, even this past month, were able to get up to Grand Prairie to, to enjoy a distanced visit with her, her mom. And, and every time, and then when we visited her, and every time we call her on the phone, she's always saying, you know what, I believe God is trying to tell us something with this COVID-19. And I, I smile because I believe God's always trying to tell us something. He's always there, isn't he? If we have eyes to see him, ears to hear, God is with us. In fact, that is one of the major points I'd like to make this morning is that praise and worship actually opens our eyes to be able to see God at work around us. In God in our lives. Praise, you see, puts our heart in the right place. Praise allows us to experience the joy and the gift of, of joy and abundant life in the midst of trying circumstances. In the midst of loss, it allows us to see that God is good. And he is good. In our Soma group, we have been reading through a book called The Tangible Kingdom by Hugh Halter and Matt Smay. And the authors have encouraged us to examine how we are communicating the good news in our postmodern society. It, it is challenging us to examine whether we are making the good news look good or whether we have somehow managed to make it look bad or worse yet, ordinary. It even questions whether we have experienced this good news in a life-changing way for ourselves. Do we know the joy of the Lord? Have we experienced the joy of knowing the Lord in our everyday lives? Have we experienced the life-changing power of Jesus to the point where people around us can't help but notice? Do you have an unquenchable joy? Or as they explained in their book, are you being gypped? Anybody remember the word gypped? It's a good word. It means sort of like ripped off, that you sort of missed, got missed out on something. Are you sadly unaware of God's presence in your life? Or are you not experiencing the power of his spirit changing you and directing you and guiding you? And consequently, are then... You chipping all those around you because they don't get to see that joy. You see, is the good news of Jesus Christ something that we've been exposed to intellectually? Or has it turned our life right upside down? Is it theoretical 
a hope for the future, or is it a life-changing reality for today? When I first started working at St. Michael's, numerous people came up to me and asked me, why are you so happy? Why are you so joyful? Why are you so, so, so smiling? Why are you smiling all the time? And, and they told me that their previous chaplains had been very, very serious and that they never smiled. Does your face know about the good news of Jesus Christ? Does your heart know? Does your attitude towards life testify to the joy of the Lord? The Westminster Catechism states this, the chief end of humankind is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. That starts the moment you meet him. That is something that starts right now, not in some promised eternity. Joy is a central part of knowing Jesus as Lord. It's a central part of being saved. Are you jipping yourself? When C.S. Lewis first came to know the Lord, the whole idea of praise, whether it was of God or anything else, just didn't make any sense to them, him. He, he thought of it in terms as almost like a fake compliment or, or trying to give approval to somebody. I will quote from his reading. He says, I had never noticed that all enjoyment spontaneously overflows into praise, unless, and sometimes even if, shyness or the fear of boring others is deliberately brought in to check it. The world rings with praise, doesn't it? Lovers praising their lovers, readers their favorite poet, walkers praising the countryside, players praising their favorite game, praise for the weather, praise for good wine, Praise for dishes and actors and motors and houses and horses and colleges and countries. Praise for historical personages and children. Praise for the beauty of flowers and mountains, of rare stamps and, and beetles. Even sometimes praise for politicians and scholars. I had not noticed how the humblest, and at time, the same time, the most balanced and capacious minds praise the most, while the cranks and the misfits and the malcontents praise the least. <laughs> End of quote. Isn't that the case? We spontaneously praise what we value, what we enjoy. And not only that, but we also encourage everybody around us to, to join in in praising it. Have you ever been around somebody, somebody watching a, the Grey Cup? My goodness, everybody wants everybody to join in on the excitement. You see, if you have a great recipe, my goodness, you always are saying, hey, you've got to try this recipe. It was absolutely amazing. It tasted so great. Or if you go to a good concert, you say, wasn't that performance absolutely awesome? You, you've got to go. If you have a chance to go, you have to go. I'm always saying, don't you think my granddaughter is the cutest little thing ever? We love to praise. The psalmists, in telling everyone to praise God, are simply doing what we all do naturally. That we all can't help but do. In fact, it would be absolutely absurd to deny praising God when we can't help but praise everything else in our lives that we value, that matter to us. 
And not only that, but there is something about praising the things that we love and enjoy with others that actually completes the enjoyment, that actually increases our appreciation of it, that brings it, so to speak, to its appointed consummation. It is not out of compliment that lovers keep telling one another how beautiful they are, but the delight is incomplete until it is expressed. Words are powerful. God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him in praise. Let me repeat that. God is most glorified in us when we are the most satisfied in him, when we are overwhelmed by the joy of having him in our lives. And that kind of joy is contagious, isn't it? It is something everyone longs for in their life, and we have it. Are we letting those around us know that we have it, or are we jipping them? The chief purpose for our lives is to glorify God by enjoying Him forever. That sort of sounds to me like the words of Apostle Paul when he was writing in his letter to the Philippians, doesn't it? He says this, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. But if I am to live on in the flesh, this will mean fruitful labor for me. And I do not know which to choose. I'm hard-pressed from both directions, having the desire to depart and be with Christ, for that is very much better. Or if I stay here, I can serve God and enjoy his presence and his power in my life. I, I can't... I can't make up my mind. I don't know which one to choose. You see, the Lord inhabits the praise of his people. Words of blessing have the power to transport us into the very presence of God. I'd like to thank Martin and Brad for leading us in worship this morning, meaning the songs they sang, the words. If you were listening to the words, and I'm, I'm going to review even a few of them, they, they, they have the power to for us to actually experience the presence of God, to take us into his presence. Praise is the vehicle of faith that allows us to enter into the holy of holies. Praise and worship not only invokes God's presence, but it allows the power of the Holy Spirit to flow in our midst. God inhabits the praise of his people. God enjoys it. It brings God joy. He can't wait to be there when we gather. When, he, when we gather, he can't wait to be here to gather when we worship. Can you imagine that he wouldn't miss it for anything else in the whole universe? The God who created all things longs to spend time with you, with me. He longs to bless you. What in your life is so important, so precious that you would do anything possible not to miss it? How about your son or your daughter's graduation? Their wedding, perhaps. How about being present for the birth of your child or, or being there to see your grandchild for the very first time? Do you feel that excitement? The psalmist tells us that we should feel that way about spending time with God. Feel that way about worship, about having him in our lives. Psalm 84, how lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh cry out for the living God. I'm sure you know this song, and if you do, you can 
sing along. I'll sing the first verse of this. But just listen to the words. Feel, feel the presence of God as you enter into a spirit, a mindset of worship. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord Almighty. My soul yearns and even faints for you. Here my heart is satisfied, it's satisfied. Within your presence, I sing beneath the shadow of your wings. Better is one day in your courts, better is one day in your house, better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. Better is one day in your courts, better is one day in your house, or better is one day in your courts, a thousand elsewhere, a thousand elsewhere. I do not think it is an exaggeration to say that that is how God feels about spending time with you. Now I know God knows our heart and he knows every word before it is on our lips. And yet I also know that he would long to hear us verbalize how we feel about him out loud. To say it out loud, to praise him out loud, to bless the Lord our God out loud. And I believe this because words are powerful. Words of blessing are powerful. And they're so very important in our lives. We all know the, the, the priestly blessing God gave Moses and he passed it down to Aaron and Aaron passed it down to the Levitical traditions and it has been used to bless God's people for thousands and thousands of years. It goes like this. And actually the Psalm 67 I quoted earlier borrows from it for the first two verses. It's the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. God is very generous in his blessings. On the other hand, I am often very stingy with mine. How about you? How are you with your blessings? I'm upbeat, as I said, I'm very positive, I'm joy-filled, but I am not always affirming. I'm not always complimenting or praising someone for a job well done. It just doesn't come naturally to me, and I'm not even sure why, but you just go ask my wife, Deb, how good I am at telling her how wonderful she is. It's crazy because I like it when she tells me how great I am. <laughs> You see, we all long to be blessed, don't we? And I know how much she wants me to compliment her and to express how beautiful she is. I know this because she has told me many, many times. And I'm not deaf. And the thing is, I believe that she is so beautiful. 
amazing, both inside and out, and I am totally blessed to have her as my wife. And I also know that when I manage to verbalize my feelings, even a little bit, it impacts her day in, in wonderful ways that are great for both of us. It brings her great joy. And still I find it hard to do, to actually tell her and not just think about it in my head. You see, I'm amazingly good at thinking about compliments about her in my head. And I'm determined to get better at saying them out loud. And here's the point and here's the question. How determined are you at getting better at praising the Lord, at blessing the Lord. How important is this is for you to bless him? Is it on your agenda? Do you even believe it's important? Do you believe that everything you have and everything you are and everything that exists is a gift from God? Or do you attribute it to your own hard work? How thankful are you? You see, we all want God's blessings on our lives, don't we? We pray about them all the time. We pray for God to bless our day, for God to bless our families, our activities, our jobs, our food, our, our marriages. In fact, if we're going on a trip, we ask God for travel blessings and travel mercies. You name it, but how intentional are we about blessing the Lord our God and receiving those blessings he has for us? How important is it? to us to bless others. In Psalm 37, 4, we, we read, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. You see, the interesting thing about that is when you truly delight yourself in the Lord, he will change the desires of your heart to be more like his desires, to be more like the values of his kingdom. What about your life blesses the Lord? What about you? Is it your heart? Is it your action? Is it your compassion, your relationships, your day? What about your day brings a smile to God's face? What things have you worked into your life for the sole purpose of honoring God? Who here this morning has grandkids? Anybody have grandkids? <laughs> Think about some of the simple things they do that make you smile, that make you proud, that make you laugh. You know, they are pretty skilled at blessing your heart, aren't they? They are. And that is the way God looks at you. Praise means to applaud, to lift up, to worship and glorify the Lord. It is a, an expression of our humble self with the intent to express our love, our adoration, and our thanksgiving to God. And we gathered this morning to praise the Lord. And it should bring you great joy. Do you have the joy of the Lord this morning? If not, understand that praise and joy of the Lord go hand in hand. Why do you think God blesses his people? You see, in Psalm 67, we read that God will continue to bless us and all the ends of the earth will fear him. That there is a goal in mind when you bless the Lord. He blesses us so that all people will know that he alone is God. 
and that they will hold him in awe and in reverence. God does not bless us just so we can be comfortable or that so we can maybe look better than other people or, or that we don't have to work for a living. Or God doesn't even bless us so that we can bless others as crazy as that may sound, but God foremost bless us, blesses us so that we can bring glory to his name. So that we might show his power, his love, his majesty, his goodness to all the people in our lives. God is good. And knowing him, knowing his leading, knowing his guidance, seeing, seeing the undeniable answer to prayers in, in your life, hearing his voice deep within your soul. His presence, reading his word and having it come alive on that page and speak to you and give, give you guidance in a situation, giving you the assurance of his direction, giving you hope and strength, experience his presence in ways that brings you to tears should be the source of so much joy that it should be impossible to contain it. You see, joy is contagious. Joy is like grabbing one of your favorite things. This is a beautiful, juicy, ripe, fresh strawberry. And this morning, we dipped it in some wonderful, fresh milk chocolate. And it's like grabbing one of these and, and you know, in front of people, a random group, maybe like this group right here this morning, you just sort of bite into it. Mmm. Mmm. It is so juicy. And the thing that's amazing about it is, the strawberry's a little tart. And when it blends in with the sweetness of the chocolate, there is just a synergistic explosion of flavor. Huh. Mmm. You have not had a ripe strawberry dipped in chocolate. You don't know what you're missing. It is awesome. Mmm. I can see why they, they suggest that you should give these to your girlfriend on Valentine's Day. Mmm. Mmm. It's so juicy, I should have brought a napkin. Hmm, is that ever good? Hmm. Mm. Have you ever eaten one of these? The, the smell, it smells so fresh. And the texture, mm. utter perfection. That is just an amazingly good thing. And then, if it wasn't COVID, see, I could actually go and share one of these with all of you. I, I do apologize. It's, not, it's just that it's COVID and it's really not allowed. That, my friends, is what joy does in your life. Uncontainable joy does that. It, it's an open invitation to everyone around you to taste and see that the Lord is good. Praising God because you have experienced his goodness does that living each day for the joy of the Lord is an amazing way to share the good news of Jesus Christ. I'll share it with you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. There mm. we go. Have to think ahead. Worship is like that. Real, true, just Un, uncontained, abandoning, un, just abandoning yourself in worship does that. It's contagious. I invite you again to enter into a spirit of worship. Because I don't always like just talking about worship. I think it's always important to, to blend it into a message. Here's another song you might know. It's probably about 20 years old. 
But the words are beautiful. They, they invite us into the very presence of the living God. And if you know it, sing along. If not, enter in to God's presence. When I come to your presence, past the gates of praise, into your sanctuary, until we're standing face to face, I look upon your countenance, I see the fullness of your grace, and I can only bow down and say, you are awesome in this place, mighty God. You are awesome in this place, Abba Father. You are worthy of all praise. To you, our lives we raise. You are awesome in this place, mighty God. Do you remember the first time you fell in love? I do. Just in high school. I remember that I could not think about anything else, anyone else. It, it, it sort of overwhelmed my day. It seemed to change everything about everything. <laughs> it sort of reminds me of, of, of how we see Ebenezer Scrooge react in, in the well-known uh, Christmas carol. When he wakes up after being visited by the three spirits and he, and he realizes that it's Christmas morning and that, that he's been given a second chance at life and he describes himself as being as giddy as a schoolgirl and he dances around. I love that part of the movie. <laughs> Psalm 63, 1 through 5 says this, You, God, are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My soul thirsts for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory because your love is better than life. My lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live. And in your name, I will lift up my hands. I will be fully satisfied as with the richest of foods. With singing lips, my mouth will praise you. Is that your testimony? Is that your experience? I am not saying that life is easy and that terrible things don't happen to people who love the Lord. That's not what I'm saying. In fact, often the opposite is true, but, there, but are there things in your life? What are the things in your life that you are allowing to steal your joy? that get in the way of you living the abundant life of being full of praise. Get rid of it. If something in your life is not giving glory to God, you should get rid of it. How willing are you to say to God, if this blessing does not bring you honor, does not bring you glory, then I don't even want it. Don't give it to me. What do you pray for? 
How shallow are your requests? How important is it to you to make sure that God is glorified in everything you do and say? How willing are you to allow God to actually be God in your life? And to praise him regardless of circumstance. Martin sang a song that I had requested this morning. It was, Blessed Be Your Name. And I requested that song because it teaches some very important lessons about praise and worship and about joy in our life. And one of those things is, is the fact that it, those things are not connected to circumstance. They're connected to the goodness of God, to his grace, to his love. I'm going to sing a few words of those just to remind you of the contrast between the blessings and the non and how our response should be. Blessed be your name in the land that is plentiful, where the streams of abundance flow. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name on the road marked with suffering. Though there's pain in the offering, blessed be your name. Every blessing you pour out, I'll turn back to praise. When the darkness closes in, Lord, still I will say, Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your glorious name. The joy of the Lord and our ability to praise him is not dependent on circumstances. And I'd like to take a moment to just to talk about how you can develop an attitude of praise, how you can make your praise and the joy of the Lord bulletproof, to develop confidence in the goodness of the Lord. I'm going to ask again, how has the pandemic of this last year, the isolation, the change affected your relationship with God? How has it affected your joy? In the face of tragedy and illness and death, how do you feel about God? Do you rest in him? Do you find your peace in him? Do you, does it give you courage and strength, confidence and hope and joy amidst the circumstances? Psalm 67 exudes a quiet confidence. It speaks about the deep satisfaction a person can experience when they rest fully in trust in the goodness of God. We all know the promises of Philippians 4. It says, rejoice in the Lord. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. Let's repeat that line. Do not be anxious about anything. <laughs> But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Hmm. We desperately want the peace of God that surpasses all understanding to guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, especially if we're waiting for a surgery or when someone we love is very ill. We, we want that when we're lonely or when we're broken. But where do we go? What is our natural instinct and response? Has anyone lost their peace this last year? 
Do you know of anyone who maybe spent a little too much time on the social media and, and now has found themselves in a place of fear, a place of mistrust, suspicion about everything? You see, God promises they come with a condition in order to experience the kind of supernatural, supernatural peace we are told about. We need to have an attitude of praise, and this requires discipline. And that's not a word we like. We are instructed to be a person of prayer. In fact, to pray without ceasing. Pray instead of worrying, instead of becoming anxious, instead of losing hope, we are to pray. So that means we need to practice until our natural instinct is to throw ourselves upon the Lord. This is not always easy. I can only remember a handful of times in my whole life where I remember what it meant and what it felt like to pray without ceasing. One, of course, is when I first came to know Christ. And it was an amazing time in my life. It was like that veil between the supernatural, between the spiritual, and, and between the physical was so thin I could see I could feel God's presence in my life, and it was so easy to talk to him in my head all day, to pray all day, and, and I could see answers to prayer, direct answers, and, and it was so exciting. And because of that, it was so easy to praise God. So very easy. But life is not always like that, is it? Life happens and sometimes the reality of life makes praise hard. I've also had the opposite experience in my life. One that I must say is most, I can express to you probably the easiest by singing a, just a few words from a song by Keith Green. And it talks about these dry, hard areas in life. It's called, My Eyes Are Dry. My eyes are dry, my faith is old, my heart is hard, my prayers are cold, and I know how I ought to be alive to you and dead to me. So what can be done for an old heart like mine? Soften it up with oil and wine. Oh, the oil is you. With your spirit of love, please wash me anew in the wine of your blood. Praise does not always come easy. But Paul has some good instructions how to make it bulletproof. In our verses we just read, he says you should petition God, which means to request, to acknowledge that it is God alone who is able to help you in this situation. And that request should be made with thanksgiving, being grateful to God for all he has done. Do, do, do you allow yourself to fall into a pattern of worry and to work that, that worry thing around and around and around and around in your head? Or do you choose to think about things that are noble? And true and right, you fix your eyes upon the Lord and think of things that are admirable and excellent and praiseworthy and tribute all of them to God. Because that is the cost of that peace. God praises a choice. Are you making the choice? Are you allowing God to be at the center of your life? 
The Bible is full of stories that show us what this looks like. In Acts 16, we read about a very ordinary day in the life of Paul and Silas. You see, they're going about their business. They got up one morning. They went to their place of prayer. And they were confronted by a slave girl that wouldn't stop yelling out to them, These men are servants of the Most High God, and they're telling you the way to be saved. And she yelled this over and over. And to me, I thought that sounds like the most, that's just the greatest advertising ever. <laughs> But it, it, it really bothered Paul, and eventually he couldn't take it anymore, so he cast the spirit out of her. And the next thing they, you know, they're being hauled before the authorities by the owner of this slave girl for destroying their source of income. And they were stripped naked. Get this, they're stripped naked. They were beaten, and then they were severely flogged. And then they're thrown into prison and put in stocks. This is probably worse than most of you have encountered on your ordinary day to work. Eh? And if anybody ever had an excuse, an excuse to whine or complain or worry or fear for their lives, it was Paul and Silas. They were beaten. And they couldn't sleep because they were in stocks. And if you're in stocks, your arms and legs are, are, are held in positions that probably wouldn't make the circulation work too good. And you'd have cramps in all types of places in your body. And, and prisons at that time were not nice places. They were more like dungeons. They were cold and dank and stinky. There wasn't any toilets. They'd be rat-infested. And yet, how did Paul and Silas react? We are told that it was midnight and they were praying and singing praise to God. Let me repeat that. They were praying and singing praise to God. And while they were doing so, God sent an earthquake and they were set free. Now, I, God may not always send an earthquake. And that's not the point of this story, but the point is, is this is a wonderful picture of how a life tuned to praise looks like when it's grounded on a faith. This is what a life intentionally built upon faith in a loving God looks like. And when the foundation is built, you can get your mind off yourself and onto the circumstances and off the circumstances and onto God and his greatness. And then we can, cannot help but praise him with our whole heart. And when we do that, it sets us free from the power of those circumstances. It is praise that sets us free from chains of doubt and fear and confusion. Are you building your life on the foundation of praise and on God's goodness? Are you joyful? If not, let me ask you a question. Do you know Jesus Christ? Have you made the commitment to live your life for him? To follow him? Because God's gracious gift of love and of joy demands a response. If, if you do not know him, you should speak with Pastor Dennis when he gets back or one of the elders. And if you do know the Lord, do you long to bless the Lord? Is joy a part of your life? And if not, I encourage you to pray to God to fill your life with joy. To fill your life with a confidence in who he is. To, to pray to God that he would make you like someone eating this strawberry. 
this juicy fruit in front of other people and that it is it and that it is so wonderful that you are experiencing the wonder and the joy and the taste of this in such a way that people around you cannot help but be attracted to it ask him to fill you with uncontainable joy because he, he longs to have you bless him he longs to have you praise him Ask God to bless this church. Bless the ministries of this church. It is my prayer that you go from this place of worship with great joy, praising God and marveling at his goodness. And I assure you that people will notice. Go and bless the Lord. Amen. Let us pray. Gracious God, you are an amazing God. And we acknowledge this morning that sometimes we fail to see all the things that you have given to us. And so, God, we pray you'll give us eyes to see and ears to hear, that you will give us an unquenchable thirst and a desire and a hunger to serve you, to praise you, to seek you with our whole heart and our whole being. And may that, that, that overwhelming longing for you be expressed in abundant joy in worship and praise, and with a life that is lived for your honor and glory, we pray in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord.